0: You're listening to the Jersey Hardwood Podcast, sponsored by LG Insurance. I'm Steve Tichner, and we have the whole crew here, Matt Lachlan and John McLevy, covering college hoops in the Garden State. And as usual, we'll start with uh, Rutgers. And uh, guys. uh, the guys have gotten back on course. Um, You know, a dominant win at home against Michigan State. Their first win ever against Michigan State. And well, let's face it, uh, Izzos has his struggles this year. He's, uh, he's undermanned. I mean, Sparty is not the same. But hey, well, you know, Rutgers will take that. A 30-point win, a dominant defensive effort. Uh, and then uh, they go to Chicago, uh, build a big lead against Northwestern. And then, then again, that was a sloppy game. Uh, certainly, Rutgers will take the win there. Uh, but uh, if they play like that against uh, uh, Iowa or Michigan, they will not win that game. Uh, but they did, uh, they did, uh, you know, punker down in the second half and they, and they pulled out a win against Northwestern. And so look, uh, 10 and six overall, six and six now in the conference, they're playing much better. Good job by Paykel shaking up the lineup, having uh, young and Mathis come off the bench, having geo and McConnell in there. With uh, Gio running the point, um, they are playing better. They're playing more the, toward their their identity, uh, which is, you know, defense first and then scoring. Um, and they're just playing better basketball. But I'm thinking, uh, you know, they probably have to get to 500 and uh, to be safe uh, uh, to get into the tournament. Uh, what are your thoughts there, Matt?
1: Uh, that is the magic number, right? They've got to be at five hundred to, to pretty much assure themselves that uh, they will be invited, and they have done a good job. It's it's nice to see them put the the wins back together again. The confidence is higher. Uh, I think that they've gotten a little healthier. They just had a they just had a bottom out a bit, and now they found who they are again, and that's a good sign. Now they got a big one tonight against Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota's lost two in a row. Um, So it it on paper favors Rutgers, but they have no room to slip up. You know, they've got Maryland upcoming again. Another one, you can't slip up like they did against Penn State. So they've got to keep the pressure on because they've got a couple of tough ones still on the schedule. And any kind of a waffle will make people very nervous come tournament
0: time.
2: No doubt. Yeah, taking care of business is what they had to do. Matt, Matt hit the nail right on the head. They had that losing streak, um, but it wasn't as if they were losing, you know, to uh, St. Mary's and, uh, you know, lesser run teams, Atlantic 10 teaser. They're, the big 10 is loaded this year and not just, you know, top 25. I mean, they're, they're teams and they got guys in the top 10. I mean, they're top to bottom. They're they're really loaded. So losing to teams like that was really uh, not a shame. The one that they would kick themselves uh, about was Penn State. But hey, look at them. Their their coach resigned or was fired right before the season started. Uh, a guy moves down one seat to take over the team. Everybody thinks they're going to be abysmal, and they're winning games and they're mm-hmm. they're in games. So even the the weak sister in the conference is is, is really doing well. Um, and I know that people are not going to shed a tear for, uh, for Michigan State. Tom Izzo is finally getting a little, uh, a little of his medicine this year, and he doesn't like it. You know, he's been very, uh, very angry and, and whatnot, red-faced. They almost had a win the other night at Iowa. But um, to beat Michigan State, even in a down year, who cares? Take it and run with it. Uh, they took care of business at Northwestern. That could have been one of those looking ahead to Minnesota games um, and, and, uh, and give up, you know, let a team that has no business hanging with you do that. They, they knocked him out early. They held on late, but, uh, they took care of business. And so let's see what, uh, Minnesota has and, uh, it should be a very entertaining game.
1: Yeah. We're, Isn't it funny when it comes to Izzo and he's well-respected and I like him. I think he's a blue collar guy through and love through, uh, you know, grew up in, uh, in the UP in Michigan and, so uh, I'm going to say this, but I really do respect him a lot. So suddenly you're having it down year and you become a nasty guy. It's easy to be nice when you're on top. Hey, coach K, we always knew coach K had a little bit of an edge to him. You know, he was the angel on top, but you know, he's got a sharp edge. And so now Duke's not that good. And a couple of the hall of famers, are struggling and they just become nasty to people. Like, come on, man. Like yeah. you can tell a lot about people when adversity hits. surprised me a little bit. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Come you on, on, man. Come yeah. on, Hey, man. look, he's, he's,
2: see, right? he's, he's used to that clip from, uh, from coach K, excuse me, Steve, that you clip from coach K with a student from, uh, the Duke, uh, newspaper or, or their sports department asked him a just pretty innocuous question. And, you know, coach K lashed out, like, where are you from? Where, where, where is this, you know, where do you write for? And then he he went on to, to sort of put the guy on the coals for no reason. And then he got a lot of bad publicity for that. It was was unnecessary. Uh, He asked
1: me what class you take. Oh, econ. Well, when you come out and take the test, do you, do you look at it right away? Well, no, they don't get the result right away. You schmuck.
2: We, the the yeah, result of
1: your game was right in front of me.
2: Yeah. He was but also were, the one early on that wanted to say, Hey, listen, you know, with this COVID thing, we should just scrap the season. This is ridiculous. Right. We can't, we can't do this. Meanwhile, he's like two and seven I'm, at the time. Cause <laughs> I'm going to
1: stink. So let's right. cancel it. This is better right. for everybody. So let's get Ah, Come on. So it reminds me, Ian Eagle tells a funny story when he was at Syracuse as a student, he's sitting in the press conference after a game and he wants to ask, uh, Jim Beheim a question and Stevie Thompson if you remember him he was a player for them back in the day And at any oh, rate loved him right terrible free throw shooter and there was some issue he gets fouled late in the game misses some free throws Syracuse loses and so Bird wants to ask him a question and ha- hand up and yeah and you know Coach you know did you consider not having Thompson out there at the end of the game because he's not a good free throw shooter he was the obvious candidate to get fouled and Beheim puts his hand Uh. up against his forehead, moves his glasses to the top of his head and just goes, Next question. <laughs> it was the ultimate put down. He didn't even give birth. the, the pleasure of a response. Next question. Oh, great. Like his little kid put my feet to the fire.
2: Yeah. We're, meaning, we're, you got me, dude. You got yeah, me. Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, you know what it is? The I other guys, and we're diverting, you know, we're, we're, we're diverting our attention from the, from the locals here, but that's the problem. Like in college, particularly, like if you want some inside stuff, you got to kind of play the role of, um, you know, the home team fan. And so rarely, and why would you, honestly, in general, why would you put Krzyzewski under the, uh, the magnifying glass? And why would you put Izzo under the spotlight? They've done so well in national championships, etc. cetera. But that doesn't mean they're perfect. And you can, but you don't do that. You just don't do that in Tuscaloosa. You don't do it. In Durham, you don't do it in East Lansing. You know, you just don't. Uh, if you want to have access, and so the the big guys don't ask those tough questions, and then you get some kid who says, "You know what? I'm screw this. I'm going to ask a question." He wasn't obnoxious. He wasn't rude. He asked a legit question. Yeah, he did. And you, and you get put down. Eh.
0: Well, Izzo's, yeah. Well, Isos he's used to winning, and it's why well, he has a winning program, and uh, and and losing's unacceptable. But no, nah, I, I you know, he normally takes the high road um and like you said you you know he's he's a likable guy but i mean he's he's a, you know losing does this to to these guys and he's uh, he's having himself a rough season and also covid's been a problem too so uh, there, there's challenges there as well. I mean, well, yeah, he had it and he got shut down for a while. They've been shut down at least once yeah. or twice.
2: I uh, think, yeah, I know he went, yeah. he had COVID. Yeah. They miss it's a lot of rough. games too. Yeah. Sure. Yep. So,
0: so we're recording this Thursday morning. Cause that's when, you know, we put this together when we all have availability. Matt's uh Matt's the announcer for the devils. Johnny's got his own podcast. We all got other things going on. So we get here, you know, so, you know, the, the, the Rutgers is playing tonight. Um, and uh, you know this is a big game tonight in uh, at the rack. Uh, they're going to play Minnesota twice. I mean, Minnesota's been toying around in the twenties, top twenties. They're out. They just got blown out by Purdue. Oh, go figure. Purdue's in twenty fourth in the country now, and and Rutgers uh, did a nice job against Purdue at the rack earlier in the season. So it, it's just the, it just tells you the Big Ten's all over the place, but. You know, Minnesota's got that guard, um, right? Marcus Carr, another Canadian, all these kids from Ontario, the Ontario area, right? But yeah. he's, he's really good. And, and Johnny, you know, when you got a good guard, a really good experienced guard, point guard, you're usually a pretty good team. You're usually a pretty efficient, good team. Uh, wh-
2: Absolutely. And- it's a College is really a guard's game nowadays. It used to be you know, the big guys were the, you'd need to have a big guy. Um, but, you know, it's a guards game, especially late. I mean, Seton Hall knew that with Miles Powell the last couple of years. Uh, and so when you have guys that you can hand the keys to, listen, the big men can't bring the ball up and score on their own. They need someone to get them the ball. So when you have guards that can get where they want to go on the floor, you're you're ahead of the game. Um, and, uh, and Richard Pitino has he's got a good little thing going in, uh, in Minnesota, mm. the Gophers are playing well, as you said, they, they have been in and out of the top 25, uh, pretty much all season. So it, listen, this should really be a good game because it's two teams that, you know, are kind of, um, mirror images of each other. They've both been, they've been good at times. They've struggled at times. Um, and you know, we're getting now into, uh, you know, early February, but, but things are happening and and teams are making their move. And, and who knows whether there's going to be postseason conferences and there's the tournament and how all that's going to come about. You want to just pile up and store away as many wins as you can. Um, so it should be, uh, it should really be entertaining. I'm looking forward to the game.
1: Yeah. They haven't won on the road yet, Minnesota. So this is a great chance for Rutgers mm-hmm. to continue their woes, look, Rutgers in all likelihood is going to lose at Iowa and at Michigan. Nice they've got eight games left. So that's two losses. If they're going to go five hundred in the conference, they've got to go four and four. So that's why tonight's game is huge. You cannot mm-hmm. slip up against Minnesota because now the pressure just builds. Uh, they're home from Maryland and Indiana. Nebraska should be a layup, even though it's on the road, and then they end at Minnesota. So this is like a sneaky critical game. Like you think about, Hey, we've won three in a row. We're back on the beam, but sneaky critical lose this. And suddenly there's a slippery slope that appears in front of you.
0: Yeah. And as you mentioned, Iowa's up next and at Iowa, but you know, that came down to a one possession game Uh, again. um, Yes. It will be difficult to, uh, to win up there, obviously. Over yeah, I was only lost there. once. At yeah, home. yeah. Michigan hasn't tough. lost. At home. They, they haven't. Yeah, so they're going to be very tough games, and and so, and, and so you're right. And it's it's important to, um, you know, to to to. Here's what Rutgers has been doing the last few games. They're they're showing up ready to play right out of the jump. The only problem there is keeping the intensity going because they, they tend to get out to to leads and then they give up the lead and get and start turning the ball over and and, and playing sloppy. But also the nice thing is that, uh, you know, they've got they've got these quick guards. They've got the Mathis and they've got uh, Jacob Young and you got these guys that can can, you know, help guard this uh, this really tough guard for Minnesota, Marcus Carr here. So. Um, you know, defensively they're looking really good, and it's that's pretty much where they are, where they're going to have to uh, live by the rest of the season. I, I realize Pikels realize that they're not necessarily a running team. Um, Ron Harper Jr. is kind of coming back in flashes. It's not a full game. I haven't, you haven't seen him put a full game together, but he's coming back uh, in spurts, and and they're winning without him having to d- drop twenty you know? So yeah. that's, uh, that's important. And, um, I like
2: the move Steve that he's made with, with taking some guys off the bench, bringing, bringing, uh, Montez off the bench. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's saying I have eight starters and, you know, that might be hard on some egos for guys to buy into that. And maybe that sort of is what is fueling guys, you know, Hey, listen, I'm, my Heine starts on the bench. I want to get out there. So when I'm out there,
0: well, we're starting a critical month uh, in february and uh we'll check in with uh seat hall but first uh, let's uh, hear from our sponsor lg insurance the big insurance companies barrage you with endless commercials and then have operators on standby who knows where ready to push you through the process at lg insurance we'd like to get to know you find out what your needs are answer all your questions earn your trust no rush here we'll take all the time you need. And we still have backing from all the big guys. So we'll get you a great rate too. LG Insurance, local feel, national backing. And we're back on the Jersey Hardwood podcast sponsored by LG Insurance. Let's check in with the Pirates here. And uh, since the last show, wow, a tough loss to Creighton where they had a big lead. Um, That had to be hard to watch there, Matt. But then you know, the, Villanova, man, they just uh, another loss to Villanova, but then they got back on track. They had a very good defensive game against uh, Providence, had a big win there. Uh, seven and five in the conference, ten and eight overall. We were kind of talking about them being an obvious tournament team. Um, you know, they still they still control their destiny. Um, there's no gimmies in the Big East, but. You know, six left, right? Two against Utah, UConn. Marquette's never easy. Uh, DePaul, Georgetown, St. John's. I mean, what do you see there, Matt?
1: Well, to get back to your first point, if you remember last week's show, I said nothing is guaranteed for the yeah. Seton Hall team.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: They had Creighton, they had Villanova, and it's not that I didn't feel they could win one or both. I didn't think they would necessarily lose both, but they, they were coming off a gut-wrenching loss to Villanova in their last outing. Mm-hmm. They had a chance to win in the waning seconds and they lost. And then they had to come back against a very good Creighton team that over the last few games has had their number. And you, if you watch that game, it was a great first half, mm-hmm. but in the second half, you could see it coming and Seton Hall just couldn't make the critical basket that blunted a Creighton run. They couldn't make a key stop that made Creighton think, ah, we might run out of time. You know, Creighton didn't go on this enormous 18-0 run. It just was chip away, chip away, chip away, chip away. And then they won at the end. So now you're going to play Villanova off of two heartbreaking losses and, and Seton Hall never had to lead against Villanova at home. So yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons to think why they should still be considered an NCAA team. Uh, they've played a difficult schedule the unfortunate part, as we mentioned last week, they've tended to lose to the teams above them in the rankings and beat the teams below them. So that just tells you that they're a bit of an average team. So yeah, it is in front of them. Now they got the one win that they needed to end the losing. And now they've got to follow it up on Saturday against Yukon. That's playing without, you know, it's offensive go-to guy in James Booknight. So, um, uh, there's a chance there. There's a chance there. They've got to play with some defensive intensity, which was missing. They were better at it last night.
0: John, what happened with the, your Friars?
2: You know, Steve, they have really been going down the toilet for uh, for the last couple of weeks. They uh, went to play a an abysmal Georgetown team, which somehow went out to Creighton uh, last night and won a game. They were up. 16 points in the first half, uh, up at the 10-minute mark, and then from there on out, it was straight downhill. They wind up losing to uh, Georgetown in uh, down in D.C. We're calling it the disaster in D.C. Um, And you follow that up with you figure you're going to come home and be really annoyed and ticked off and really ready to take on a a good Seton Hall team on your home floor. You go out and you're only up. uh, I I see. I'm looking here. It was only a three-point lead at the half. Uh, And from there on out, I think Seton Hall went on a 12, nothing or 12, two run to start the second half. And and when you can only score 43 points, now listen, I understand Seton Hall played great defense, but 43 points in a division one men's basketball game, when there's 40 minutes in the game is a problem. Okay. And it's not as if they didn't have their best players. David Duke was there uh, and Nate Watson was there. And forty-three points should tell you all you need to know about the Friars right now. Outside of those two players, there is zero talent on this team right now. Um, and and they're nine and nine. They're obviously not going to go to the NCAA tournament this year. So there's there's um, there's some issues, as we like to say up in Friar Town, that hopefully Ed can figure it out. He's had a lot of swings and misses on the recruiting trail the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And as they say, the chickens are coming home to roost. When you don't have the talent, listen, you anybody can run the picket fence for Jimmy Chitwood. But at the end <laughs> of the play, if the guy can shoot the ball <laughs> off the side of the basket, you're not going to win. And that unfortunately is what we are running into right now. Guys that are open and they're open for a reason. And that's because they can't shoot the ball. So 43 points is what you get. And uh, and we'll go on from there and see what the rest of the season has in store.
1: Yeah, there was a horrible shooting night for Seton Hall in the first half, but they got much better in the second half. That's one of their problems. Yeah. They're not a very good outside shooting team, and they don't defend the three well. So, you know, there are some holes there. This is a team under Kevin Willard. Historically, they've made their bones with defense. And it's just a little lacking, especially from the, from the arc. So there there are some things they'll need to correct. But it was a good sign to see uh, Mamukala have a very good game last night. Miles Kale had a good game last night. And, you know, Sandro had been in a bit of a funk leading Mm. into it. And I was kind of wondering, like, what the heck? Where's the guy that people were talking about as an All-American at the beginning of the year? He he had become invisible. But last night was a start. And, you know, here's the thing. It's still a long way till the end. I mean, I know we talked about Rutgers has eight games left and Seton Hall only has six. But, you know, if if Seton Hall goes four and two, five and one, all of a sudden you look back and go, wow, that was their low point. If Rutgers ends with a bang, you look back at the struggles they had and you say, that's the low point. So it all depends on where they're at entering the conference tournament and how they perform
0: there. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, what it's hard to defend the three when you got a good shooting team. Like take Creighton, when they get hot, they got several guys, and that one, I, I the player escapes me right now. He was just dropping it; just couldn't. He was on fire, man. So you're almost a victim of circumstance there, because, and, and I'm not giving an excuse to Willer. I mean, he said that defensively they just weren't they weren't up to it. But it is hard to get out there, beyond the arc and defend these guys with quick quick releases that can drop the ball. So if you got a really good Uh, a team that's just hot from three to get out there and contest it every time, man, is it's a lot of work. It is, but uh, well,
1: it's work and you got to put the work in. So Mm. you're right. I mean, if you wanted to take a look at the NBA, I'm amazed that James Harden (laughs) get that three off, you know, he's going to shoot it and yet he's able to. So there are just players that are amazing that way. And yes, Creighton is a good outside shooting team, but it's hard work. You got to get up on, it. and they were just terrible. There was no excuse for that performance. You have a big lead like that, and you got to close it out. That was that was a terrible loss.
0: And you got Marquette; they're always difficult too against UConn too. Uh, UConn's pretty good, so they're like like the Big Ten, you know, the Big East. I mean, you know, the the Paul Georgetown Saint John's. Right, you feel confident there. Um, but it, Well, St.
1: John's has suddenly got hot. Yeah. They had a big win last night.
2: Yeah, mm. they've knocked off Villanova.
1: How about that? Exactly, right. exactly. And they've won five in a row. So you sleep against St. John's yeah. at your at your own risk. Mm-hmm. That being said, St. John's has not done well against Seton Hall. So you would hope that that game slides Seton Hall's way. But it's on the road. Uh, that could be a pivotal game. I think Seton Hall can at least split with UConn, and then. You look at the rest of the schedule. Yeah. They've got Marquette at home and they should be able to do something there. I'm not too concerned about that. Uh, and then they've got to Paul and that's also at home. Georgetown is just, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on. I, 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 just don't get Georgetown. I mean, Patrick Ewing, yeah. uh, they haven't resurrected the program. They got a great recruit coming in next year, you know, yeah. top five in the country. So maybe they've turned the corner there. So, uh, you think you would yes, get some great big men games yeah. for sure.
0: Yeah, you think there, Pat-
1: there are gettable games there for sure.
0: But you think Ewing would get to, would be able to get the recruits, right? I mean, you know, uh, the, at least big men you you would think, but um really hasn't happened yet anyway. Um Well, and and, and
1: part of it is, you know, those great big men, the Patrick Ewing types, they they don't yeah. really exist in the game yeah. anymore. Yeah.
0: You know, they the just
1: they don't game. it's,
2: it's yeah. a guard
1: game, it's an outside shooting game. Not to suggest that a player of that caliber cannot help a program, but they're really, they're not out there. You know, it's all about outside shooting. Sure. It's not the inside game. And here's the other thing. And I hate to say it. If you ask a 16 year old about Patrick Ewing, <laughs> who he has no, he has no idea. <laughs> right. it's, we we it's show amazing. our age there. His, his, well, his or their age, his coach certainly would be in awe his AAU advisor would be at awe, And anyone's got a modicum of knowledge would recognize who Patrick Ewing is or should, but really.
0: Yeah. I'm such a Knicks fan. I'm such a Knicks fan. And and that era in the nineties, I I pull for Georgetown just because Patrick Ewing's there, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it it didn't help Chris Mullen all that much at St. John's. I mean, yeah, it's a different world, man. It's a different world.
0: It, It is. So we got an exciting February ahead of us, guys. I mean, here's the here's the truth here. Garden State uh, basketball is is healthy and exciting. And, uh, you know, Rutgers and uh, Rutgers and uh, Seton Hall. We did promise to cover some of the other guys. So we got to at least at some point talk about the Mammoths and the Fairleigh Dickinsons a little bit too. So we'll, we'll do that in, in future sh- shows for sure. But that'll do it for this week's show. Uh, find us on moresportsnow.com. Uh, We're on uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, anywhere that you listen to your podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So for Steve Titchener, Matt Lachlan, and John McAlevey, we'll catch you all next week. Thanks for listening.